Angeles have to test negative before returning to schools today from winter break. In Chicago, kids get back to classrooms tomorrow after staying home for four days over teachers' demands for better COVID protections. Union President Jesse Sharkey. I'm tired. Uh, I wish it hadn't gone that way. Um, ultimately, I'm very proud of the fact that the members of the Chicago Teachers Union took a stand around this. Public schools in Boston are closed today because of bitterly cold weather in the Northeast. Mayor Michelle Wu. I'm tired. We want to make sure there's no risk of students being either out in the cold on the way to school or um, having issues in school because of the ventilation that's needed with the pandemic. It is eight degrees in Boston right now and minus one in Syracuse, New York. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are headed to Georgia to stump for a voting rights bill. CBS is Ed O'Keefe. The president and vice president will start their day in Atlanta here at Ebenezer Baptist Church, where Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. once served as co-pastor. From here, they'll head across town to rally Democrats for new voting rights legislation. But here in Georgia, critics say that on this issue, the president isn't moving fast enough. A once-in-41-year event for Georgia football fans. It's amazing! Dogs are national champions! Bulldogs beat Alabama 33-18 to in Indianapolis last night. CBS's Steve Futterman was in the stands. For nearly three quarters, Georgia had been able to score just two field goals, just six points. But then the Bulldogs exploded in the final 16 minutes of the game, the final minute of the third quarter, and the entire fourth quarter, Georgia scored four touchdowns, 27 points, to take the championship and beat the defending champion, Alabama Crimson Tide. Driving all over the place, trying to find an at-home COVID test kit, 14-year-old Eli Kustan in Chicago has created a website that helps you track them down and order online. We have filters set up for retailer test type and brands. His company, findacovidtest.org. S&P Futures Unchanged. This is CBS News. There's always something new under the sun. CBS Mornings, weekdays on CBS. Who brought the sauce? I brought the sauce. Who made the sauce? I made the sauce. What's in the sauce? I am the sauce. Who brought the sauce? Spilled the sauce? Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up spills and messes quicker. And each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less than the leading ordinary brand. Who brought the sauce? I brought the sauce. Who made the sauce? I made the sauce. What's in the sauce? I am the sauce. Who brought the sauce? Okay. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. This whole wall needs to be shelving, too. This is a focal point in our restaurant. Leilani's new restaurant will have the largest wine cellar in the city. She needs a robust sommelier with notes of procurement manager. Three sections for France. I mean, this is the biggest... Indeed can help her hire great people fast. Ah, I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Instant Match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Sicily's iconic white marl cliffs are white again. CBS's Sabina Castelfranco has details from Rome. The well-known tourist attraction, the white cliff formation in Sicily, known as the Staircase of Turks, was defaced in an act of vandalism over the weekend. The vandals threw iron oxide powder, staining the bright white cliffs with bloody red blotches. But by Saturday evening, much of the damage had been undone, thanks to the efforts of cultural heritage experts, municipal workers and local citizens who spent the day scrubbing the site. Sabina Castelfranco, CBS News, Rome. Another big bank in this country is rolling back fees. Bank of America is cutting the amount it charges customers for spending more than they have from $35 to $10. It's also getting rid of fees for bounce checks entirely. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. Exergen would like you to know about an important study just released by the FDA. It confirms what the medical community has known all along. Non-contact thermometers are not accurate. The study also reports that they fail to meet FDA requirements for accuracy in labeling. We can't afford to tolerate the rampant false temperature readings from non-contact thermometers. Accurate temperature measurements are essential. You need Exergen thermometers because they are accurate and backed by over 100 clinical studies. Be sure, be accurate with Exergen. Learn more at exergen.com. 
70% of the Fortune 100 choose Zoom. With phone, chat, workspaces, apps, events, and video in a single platform, Zoom powers all your communications. Large enterprises, small businesses, and individuals use the secure Zoom platform to enable new ways of working, learning, hosting events, and supporting their customers. And now you can save 15% on meetings, chat, and phone with the Zoom United Bundle. Visit zoom.com bundle. Zoom, how the world connects. Are you a child care provider? Ever considered being a child care provider? Wanting to work from home and be your own boss? Athens County Child Care Unit can help you get started. Child care is essential to working families and the workforce shortage. Athens County is in desperate need of child care settings. Start your own business. Become a licensed family child care provider. Contact the child care unit at Ohio Means Jobs, Athens County, 510 West Union Street, or by calling 740-797-1405. When there's something strange lurking under your bed, who are you going to call? Dustbusters! Athens Dustbusters are a licensed, bonded, husband and wife team that offer up top-of-the-line janitorial services at great prices, and they serve commercial and residences across Southeast Ohio. As the seasons change, don't worry about the cleanup. Call Athens Dustbusters at 740-541-7113 for a free quote. But don't just take our word about the Athens Dustbusters. Hi, I'm Sam. And I'm John. And we're Athens Dustbusters, and we will bust your dust. Fairhope celebrates life. If you're facing an end-of-life situation, Fairhope Hospice and Palliative Care. It is never too soon to call. Fairhope is here to listen. You don't have to face it alone. Fairhope cares for your loved one where they live. Or, during times of stress, the Pickering House is a serene setting providing relief for the patient. To learn more about Fairhope's Care from the Heart, please call 1-800-994-7077. Fairhope Hospice. We celebrate life. I'm Brandy. You may know me as a branch manager, but I'm also a volunteer and a band mom. At Park National Bank, we're more than our job titles, and you're more than an account number. You get personal attention and direct access to a caring, compassionate banker who respects and responds to your needs and goals. Find Brandy or a banker near you at parknationalbank.com. Park National Bank, where you mean more. Member FDIC, parknationalbank.com. Hi, I'm Kim. And this is Ruth. Please join us every Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to make it happen. It's the Kim and Ruth Show. Well, it's probably not, it's the, not Kim the Kim and Ruth, Ruth Show. It's really, <laughs> I don't know. Tune in to Make It Happen with Kim and Ruth every Wednesday morning at 10.06. And we'll spend time talking about health and wellness topics. And all aspects of healthy living. But we know that you're the real expert in your health, so let us help you make it happen. Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to make it happen. I-N-E-P-T-E-M-F-T-E-C-H-2468. Who do we appreciate? Oysters, oysters, raw, raw, raw. Coach Turf on our last program talking about your game with RSVP. Rock Slide Vermont Polytechnic. Boy, them boys have got a real fine ball tank. 57 to nothing loss uh, for the Oysters in that ball game, and I know you had to be disappointed in not putting any points on the board. What with your... Your new offense, I understand your new quarterback. Well, you win some and you lose some. Uh, wouldn't that be nice? Your new quarterback, Berger, had a little bit of a tough time in his first start. Well, that's right. He spent a lot of time on the ball field, uh, uh, literal. I mean, they, they really pasted him up good. They was blitzing him. They was red-dogging him. And he, he spent a lot of time on the seat of his pants. But your defense uh, must not have played too well either, giving up 57 points and you had a new uh, defensive scheme for this game didn't you well you know that's all my fault uh, you know the fact that we didn't do too good on offense and didn't do too good on defense you know a new quarterback the boy named Berger spent a lot of his time in his own backfield piled up with them defensive boys on him and that's because we took one of our star offensive linemen uh, Gap Gibson and moved him over to defense we was trying something new on defense too we was thinking that uh, me and Crush Cromar our linebacker coach we figured that they had such a good running game such good running backs on their ball team that we ought to put in another running uh, back stopper, another linebacker in there. So instead of regular old three linebackers like we regular have, Mike, Sam, and Willie, the Smith brothers, we was going to put old Gap Gibson at linebacker. He was used to coming up against them big boys on, on offense. We figured we'd put him in on defense and have him come up against them big boys on offense. But it didn't work. Unfortunately, RSVP was able to just roll up the score on you. Well, they wasn't the answer, that's for sure. I mean, uh, they, they uh, piled up some points, and they piled up some yards, and they piled up some first downs, and it was, it was a real avalanche out there. 
And I'll be back with Coach Turf right after this message. And once again, the Art Turf Show has a proud sponsor. And today it is Hot Chocolate. Uh, Coach Turf and a 57 to nothing loss. Sometimes there aren't many positive things to say. We're well, sometimes there is, but this ain't one of them times because we did have a real bright spot in the ball game. I'm talking about good old Shank Wedgman. You remember him from the golf team. Right. He's your uh, putter this, this uh, year, isn't he? Well, that's right. You know, he was back there. This is his first year on the football team. We made a punter out of that boy, and it seemed like every time I looked up, I was either seeing old Chuck Berger, the quarterback, sitting down on his patootie, or I seen uh, Shank Wedgman booming one out of there on fourth down. So your punter had a good kicking average for the game. Well, that's right. He was, of course, he was in there on enough plays. He should have done a good job. Coach, I think you had a special promotion in connection with the RSVP game, Key Night, I believe. Well, that's right. Everybody would uh, come into the ball game to see that fine ball game. We give them a key, and then at halftime, we draw it out a winning key, and the winner gets to drive our 19 and 37 Packard around for a whole week. Who was the winner, Coach? Well, that's interesting, and I'm glad you asked me that question because the winner of the driving around the Packard for a whole week, you won. So here's, here's the keys. Be sure and have them back 6 o'clock Friday and have a blast. Be listening again, sports fans, for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of Inept Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach Art Turf. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H Just like he said, 72 years and we're right proud of it. I arrived here in 73 and got involved. So I'm approaching my 50th year. Nine seventy WATH. Good morning, folks. The sun is out there, but it is chilly. Not hot tamales. Thirteen degrees here. Fourteen at my home. Eleven across town. It's cold. I heard Scott urge uh, people or encourage people, I guess you would say, to uh, uh, to keep those animals in mind, your pets and all of that. And, uh, you know, we have one cat who lives outdoors. We have a special little house for him. It even has a little heating pad in it, all that sort of thing. But when it gets this cold, We've been, uh, Bree is the name of the cat, B-R-I-E. We bring Bree inside, and she goes up into the loft and um, hangs up, th- hangs out up there because she's scared of the dogs. And uh, anyway, so good morning, folks. Welcome. It's January 11th. Today is National Milk Day. I think I've said this before on the show. I cannot recall knowingly drinking a glass of milk. Chocolate milk, yes, as a child. But just to have a plain white glass of milk. I can't remember ever doing that. I'm sure I did. I just don't have any recollection. But mercy, I use it in a lot of cooking things and that that sort of thing. All right, it's National Human Trafficking Awareness Day. And maybe uh, in a few minutes we can get into just what they're talking about. I mean, we've heard that expression so many times, but do we understand it? It's National Shop for Travel Day. Just last night, my wife was saying, 
you know, we really haven't gone anywhere for a while. <laughs> and I said, well, we went to the Outer Banks for years. And she said, yeah, the same old place. And even though we loved it, you know, I think she's looking for a little more uh, variety. Um, anyway, so I said, well, would a weekend in Columbus be good? A weekend in Pittsburgh? A weekend in Cincinnati? You know, I don't think I got a reaction. Anyway, uh, it's National, um, what I just say, National Shop for Travel Day. Now, we, we're going to take a break here because we do have a caller that's rung in. Good morning. Take Hello. There, there you we go. go. Good morning. There you go. Turn no. down your radio. Okay. I'm trying. There you go. I know it's a difficult task. Don, talk and tell us what's on your mind. Well, I'm just hoping to... Bobcats win tonight. Well, they sure are on a good run, aren't they? Oh, man, I tell you. And Bowling Green, Bowling Green's good this year, but I think you can take them. Mm -hmm. I certainly hope so. Yeah, I got two tickets there to pick up later. uh, We're going to go tonight, and and my neighbor Grace is going with us. Um, I, I saw something a little bit odd, though, that they're... None of the concession stands are going to be open. Wow. So that means you have to sneak your own coffee in? Well, I don't know what that means. It just, it, they're, they're concerned about this COVID stuff. Yeah, I can understand. And um, so uh, they said there would be some way of distributing water. Huh. But... Um, Got dig into that just a bit because I I saw it just in passing last yesterday afternoon sometime. Right. But hey, um, yes, go ahead. I was just thinking our turf show. Mm-hmm. Presented to you by Tickety Poo. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> hey. <Sure. laughs> Tickety Poo, indeed. Yeah, hey, this our turf show is brought to you by Tickety Poo. <laughs> Sounds like, uh, see, what could that be? A hair salon? I guess I don't know. Tickety Poo. I, I just, just got my hair cut. Third, uh, yeah, Wednesday, last Wednesday. So yeah, I got mine a couple days ago. Yeah. Um, so I look like a shaggy, shaggy dog. I had to do something with it. <laughs> And I walked in, a girl does my hair. She said, oh, my Lord. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> or straw, straw, straw. <laughs> yeah. But it don't take her long because I only get it cut. She does how she's been cutting my hair, I guess. I've been here 11 years she's been cutting my hair. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's interesting how we do that. Now, Gina Giardino, who is a well-known name. Right. Um, Gina Giardino cut my hair for years. Then she ended up being on city council with me. And uh, then she's been working in, what is it, like children's services or something like that. And she had an awful accident recently, what, a year and a half, two years ago. And um, I think she's recovered now. But uh, now I go to Gina Curran. So, you see, as long as their first name is Gina, I'm all set. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyway. I, you know, I walk in, she'll say, normal? I said, yeah, just like you always do. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so, yeah, Alrighty. she's from Wilson. I, I think Gina's, Mike Gina's from down there almost to Parkersburg. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right, well, I'll let y'all get back to She's your- a horse gal. She loves horses. Yeah. Okay. Hi. Thank you, Don. Have a great day. Y'all too. Okay, see you, Don. The game. Yep, we'll, we'll see you there. All righty. Okay. And uh, people should be back in town for the base. For the most part, the students are back now. Uh, you can tell by the traffic and the activity at the stores. And... Um, 
So the 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 one ten should be doing their thing. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. Should, so uh, what did you find out about this concession? Well, stuff? what's happening? It's not just here at Ohio U, but Ohio State is also doing that. Uh, they had a game Sunday afternoon. No concessions were available there, uh, but they did offer water to those in attendance like they're going to do at, at the Bobcat games here. And uh, it's it's – Something that I'm sure the university will continue to monitor and evaluate the policy uh, moving forward and uh, in conjunction with, uh, you know, protocols here and communicate when any changes are applicable. Uh, so I, I think that is going to uh, apply for any events university-wide that typically will have uh, concessions available that uh, they, they will not be available at this point until further notice. So, yeah, it is, it is due to the spread of, of the uh, Omicron okay. virus, too. They're <clears throat> trying to be as proactive as possible. And, uh, you know, when you have that many people gathered in there, people preparing things, touching things, you know, you go to put, uh, well, for instance, ketchup on a hot dog or, whatever they have napkins available and places like that where people are constantly touching things there well so i I think they're trying to eliminate some of that let's go a little different direction you can't eat with a mask on yeah and they are uh, asking us all to wear masks at the game yes uh now um but you can't drink a, a sip of water without Taking your mask away briefly. Yeah, sliding it down or something. And and I wore my masks, and I, I had a can of Pepsi that I would pick up. And, um, you know, you just periodically move it to the side, take a sip, and then cover back up. But um, anyway. Did you take your flask, too? Uh, no, just I, the... that's just football. <laughs> no, it is. Take one swig of Pepsi in one hand, a swig of flask in the other. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I poured the flask into the yeah, Pepsi. Yeah, I, I knew what you did, okay. too. But uh, I, you, are you permitted to bring in your own? I, I didn't think you were. You're not supposed to. Okay. But nobody's going to tell on me. Okay. It's a and secret. We won't either right here <laughs> this morning. Yeah. <laughs> No, well, you, you know, talking about wearing a mask at the games, when I saw the game Friday night on TV, you had to be one of the few that were wearing masks because the ones I saw when they showed the crowd uh, basically were using them as what I call chin diapers. Mm-hmm. And they did not have them covering their nose or mouth. They had them on, but they were down below their chin. Yeah, And... You know, I saw a few uh, students imbibing with a few, what shall we say, the I don't know libations. Okay, uh, just well, having a beer. You know. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I, I guess they've. And you know, that's that's new to us also. Yeah, in it the, is. In the last few years, Ohio University has allowed. Alcoholic beverage sales to occur at the stadiums and that sort of thing, and and um, so years ago when I carried my flask in, it was a little more touchy. But um, all I was doing was flavoring my Pepsi. You understand? Oh, oh, sure, absolutely, yes. Okay, let's <laughs> move on. And for a little extra warmth. Internally, and some there were nights you needed it. <laughs> yeah, you're not kidding. Okay, I went to the Buffalo game a couple of years ago and it was freezing cold. That's when the Bobcats pounded Buffalo when Buffalo was ranked. Well, I was telling you about uh, you know what national days these are. Oh, yes, and, we um, are. We still have one or two to go. This next one is a little weird, and often these are. National Step in a Puddle and Splash Your Friends Day. 
I don't recall ever having that one before. I I do. Okay. I thought that I don't know how much more weird they can get. And then National Arkansas Day. Yeah. All right. Why would you want to make a mess out of your friend unless you were just but horsing just around? Horsing or, around, yeah. I or, get it. I'm just thinking if they're waiting in line for the bus stop or something like that and splashing uh, people and you got to go to school that way all day. That's just what I thought. Yeah. But anyway, it'd be hard to find a puddle this morning. It'd be an icy puddle, yep. ice-covered puddle anyway. Let's see, on this day of history, um, of course, today, I guess we haven't mentioned yet, is January 11th. Um, and, of course, the year 2022. Um, in 1599, Jacob Van Necks, N-E-C-K-S, his fleet leaves Bantam, Java, in modern-day Indonesia, with one million pounds of pepper and cloves and a further half of a ship full of nutmeg, mace, and cinnamon. think that those things were in such demand that they would ship them like that in those days. 1838 the first public demonstration of the telegraph message using dots and dashes occurred at Speedwell Ironworks in Morristown, New Jersey. And I bet you can guess what name was involved. Samuel Morris. The Morris Code, right? Yes. And another person known for this is Alfred Vail, V-A-I-L. Okay, 1879, the Anglo-Zulu War begins as British Lieutenant General Chelmsford invades Zululand, which was in South Africa, 1879. 1922 now, insulin first used on humans to treat diabetes. It happened on... Canadian Leonard Thompson, who was aged 14. I'm sure there's a story there, but we don't have it in front of us. And the last item here on uh, today's uh, historical events. 1964, on this date, the first government government report by the U.S. Surgeon General Luther Terry, I remember that name, warning that smoking may be hazardous to your health. I've sure learned a lot more about that over the years. Okay, famous birthdays. Number one, Alexander Hamilton. Born in 1755 on this date, died in 1804. Alexander Hamilton was an American statesman who was one of the founding fathers of the United States. He was an influential interpreter and promoter of the U.S. Constitution as well as the founder of the nation's financial system, the Federalist Party, the United States Coast Guard, and the New York Post newspaper. Wow. Bunches. He appears on the uh, $10 bill, I believe it is. Let's see here. Should we do these in chronological? Yeah, let's do it. John A. McDonald, born in 1815, died in 19, I'm sorry, 1815 to 1891. Sir John Alexander McDonald was the first prime minister of Canada serving from 1867 to 73 and from 1878 to 91, the dominant figure of the Canadian Confederation. Hmm. He had a political career that spanned almost half a century. Okay, Alice Paul, born in 1885, died in 1977. Alice, Alice Paul. 
Alice Stokes Paul was an American Quaker, suffragist, feminist, and women's rights activist, and one of the main leaders in strategists, or strategists, whichever you prefer, of the campaign for the 19th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, which prohibits sex discrimination in the right to vote. And the last one is, uh, um, you know, I don't know this name. She's a very attractive lady. She's still living. It's her 51st birthday, Mary J. Blige. Oh, she's a great singer. Is she? Yes. Okay. Singer-songwriter. Is she with a particular Actress. group, or is she no, a solo type? she's a solo. Yeah. Her career began... In 1991, when she was signed to Uptown Records, she went on to release 13 studio albums, eight of which have achieved multi-platinum certifications. Now that's kind of after my day in music. So what about, um, do we have any of her music available to us here? Uh, sure we do on uh, the 105 side. Okay. Well, maybe it'd be fun just during the show to play a snippet. Okay. All right. Now let's see here. Two famous deaths to mention. The first one is that of Anita Ekberg. She died on this date in 2015. She was born, however, in 1931. Uh, Kirsten Anita Marianne Ekberg was a Swedish actress Active in American and European films, known for her beauty and stunning figure, she became prominent in her iconic role as Sylvia in the Federico Fellini film La Dolce Vita. Eckberg worked primarily in Italy, where she became a permanent resident in 1964. The other one, um, Sir Edmund Hillary. He died on this date in 2008. But he was born in 20, uh, 1919. He was a mountaineer, yep. explorer, philanthropist. And on May 29, 1953, Hillary and Sherpa mountaineer Tenzing Norgay became the first climbers confirmed to have reached the summit of Mount Everest. Well, let's, uh, let's move along here. Um, Dr. Martin Luther King. What a leader he was. You know, some very important issues. Um, we have a day coming up, right? Yes. Help me out. January 17th. I saw where Bonneville, that's the uh, Mormon Tabernacle Choir, they're doing a special feature on Dr. Martin Luther King Day, or at least um, maybe it's the Sunday before or after it, something like that. Well, with that day just around the corner... And half of adults saying a lot more needs to be done to ensure equal rights for all Americans. The personal finance website, Wallet Hub, today released its re report on 2022's states with the most ratio, racial progress, as well as accompanying videos and expert commentary. To measure America's progress in harmonizing racial groups, they measured the gaps between black people and white people across 21 key indicators of equality and integration in each of the 50 states as well as the District of Columbia. The data set ranges from median annual household income, even to standardized test scores, and to voter turnout. 
The report examines the differences between only black people and white people in the light of the high-profile police brutality instance that sparked the Black Lives Matter movement. Wallet Hub released this report ahead of the holiday honoring Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who of course played a prominent role in the civil rights movement to end segregation and discrimination against black people. Now, I had some computer problems this morning, which put me way behind, so I was unable to print that report, but I did print sort of a summary, or a teasers, you might say. So, let's, let's uh, just hit a couple of these things. Folks, think back over the years how I have made so much fun of Wyoming, right? Teased them, poked them, all that stuff. This is a true story. on um, the main drag there. I can't remember the name of the street, but it's like Court Street in Athens, except it was in Sheridan, Wyoming. Um, I'd be walking down the street with some of the ball players. Now, all the ball players, we had a terrific basketball team. They all were from New York, New Jersey. Um, not Wyoming. They were nearly all black. There'd be cowboys, I'll use that expression, that would walk outside of a bar and spit on them as they were walking by. This is in Wyoming. This is in uh, 1967, 68. And they just went on with their ways. I am pleased to see this one list. It says states with the most racial, racial progress. And the state that has had the most progress in recent history is that of Wyoming. Texas, number two. Georgia, three. Mississippi, four. Florida, fifth. Idaho, New Mexico, Maryland, North Carolina, New Jersey. Those are the top ten who have had the most advancement or racial progress. I'm pleased to see Wyoming at the top. Now they have another list, most racially integrated states. Number one is Arizona. Number two, Hawaii. I kind of would expect that. Because you have so many different influences. Uh, um, a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant such as myself. Uh, the, our nickname in Hawaii were Howleys. Um, we were not the majority. You had all sorts of people from all sorts of different backgrounds. Wonderful place to live. Is, anyway. is Howley a derogatory? You know, I'm nickname? not sure. I, 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 it could be. I mean, were you ever called that, and how did you react? Or was it I have one reaction? incident where a guy got out of his car, started thumping on my hood and yelling that I was a Howley. Jeez. <laughs> okay. Um, and I was be parked right behind him on an off-ramp off a highway. 
for no apparent reason. I I don't know what possessed him, what what I did wrong to provoke it. Maybe he just needed a hug. It was also in in a metro area, so it wasn't like out in the uh, boondocks or anything. Yeah. Anyway, and then he got back in his car and drove off. Oh, jeez. Um, uh, well, I certainly hope he felt better afterwards. Yeah. But, uh, no, I felt um, he did use it ter- that in that sense it was derogatory. But I believe I've heard it used in a non-derogatory sense, too. Okay. But I'm not sure. Anyway, well, you know, with most the- racially integrated states, Arizona... Then Hawaii. Then number three is Texas. Four, Montana. Montana and Wyoming are had a lot of similarities years ago. Number five, Maryland. Six, New Mexico. Seven, Wyoming. Eight, Alaska. Nine, Washington. And coming in tenth, Georgia. Now you're going to say something. Oh, I was just going to say, with the geographical location of Hawaii, you know, of course you're going to get a, a an attraction of different cultures. Oh, yeah, there in that area, you know, from both east and west of Hawaii. Sure. The uh, the I I don't know. I don't even know how proper my terms are here, but the Asian influence. Um. Uh, you know, I have a daughter-in-law who's from Thailand. Um, but there's a world of difference between someone being from China and someone being from Thailand. And then pick out another Asian country, and that too is different from those two. I mean, each country has uniqueness to it. Oh, sure. Well, anyway, okay, so let's go on with this um, states with the most racial progress. The District of Columbia has the lowest gap in home ownership rates between white people and black people at 14.31%. Connecticut has made the most progress in closing the gap since 1970, with a change of 8.97%. Here we go. Wyoming has made the most progress in closing the gap since 1979, with a change of 36.55%. Okay, Alaska has the lowest gap in unemployment rates between the white people and the black people at 0.72%. So that'd be less than 1%. North Dakota has made the most progress in closing this gap since 1970 with a change of 10.41%, so 105 Oh, there's all sorts of stats here. Maybe I'll print off the full report when I get my printer working better than it was this morning, and we'll take a look. In the meantime, we have lots of other reports that we've brought in and sort of saved up over the years, or or at least the recent months. But there's 15 minutes left at the moment. Let's take a look at some of the headlines. Um, Omicron. Surprise, surprise, right? That's the lead. And the New York Times uh, used it and said, we look at Omicron's toll in New York and Seattle, two cities with timely data. Let's see if I can make sense out of this. Some of the timeline that timeliest data on COVID-19 outcomes by vaccination status comes from New York City and Seattle. 
and the two are telling a consistent story. Cases for vaccinated and unvaccinated residents alike are raising. So you can have had your first two shots and then even your booster, and yet Omicron can get to you. It's just, it tends to be far milder. At least that's what I'm hearing. Now, I shouldn't divert from this story. Let's stay with the story because they may differ with what I just said. So weekly cases in New York City. Um, I don't know how to explain that chart. But um, there's been a sharp rise in those not vaccinated. In those that are, just a little ramp, shallow ramp, but it is an increase. The same is true in Seattle. Now, it says here they're rising because vaccination often does not prevent infection from the Omicron variant. It reduces the chances substantially. As these charts above, you can see, but vaccinated people still face a meaningful chance of infection. What vaccination does is radically reduce the chance of severe COVID illness. Look how different these charts are on hospitalizations. Uh, Looks from the previous charts on cases. So, yeah, the vaccine, okay, hospitalizations, wait. You know, to the unvaccinated, it's almost a level line down at the bottom. But to the not fully vaccinated, Looks like Mount Rushmore going up. Um, it says the number of Americans hospitalized with COVID has surpassed last winter's peak. Okay. Now, I'm trying to just hit headline sections here. The virus can harm people whose bodies are weakened by other medical conditions. In all COVID cases, put added stress on hospitals, of course, because patients must be isolated. Hospitals are in serious trouble. This is from Ed Young. He's the writer and he um, writes in the Atlantic magazine. Still, many COVID cases in hospitals do not present much risk to the infected person. And Omicron is so contagious that it has infected many vaccinated people likely inflating the hospitalization numbers more than previous variants have. Well, there's a thing called the death gap. The data on deaths from New York and Seattle underscores the relatively low risks for vaccinated people. These numbers show a starker gap between the vaccinated and unvaccinated than the hospitalization data. So, let's see here. Anyway, once again, vaccination. 
makes it a far, far milder situation. So let's cut down to the bottom line. Vaccination remains highly effective at preventing severe COVID illnesses. And Omicron is milder than earlier versions of the virus. The combination means that most Americans, including children and vaccinated adults, face little personal risk from Omicron. It's not zero, to be clear, even young people who are generally healthy. But it is very small. Every day, people live with small risks, be they from seasonal flu to other illnesses or from riding in a vehicle playing sports, or other activities. For the unvaccination, the situation is very different. Omicron is still severe enough that it will lead to debilitating illness and death for many unvaccinated people. And then they they go on here. In much of the U.S., a large number of adults, including older adults, remain unvaccinated. Okay, then they look at some other countries and so on. Um... Where is that sheet? I thought I brought in our my report on um, here it is. I just found it. We have about uh, seven minutes remaining. No, that's not it. I give up. I thought I had printed something off, but at the moment I can't find it. Uh, we do have a caller that's uh, bring them on board. Good morning. Wait a minute. I got the wrong button. There we go. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Uh, I would like to make a suggestion for a guest. Well, uh, of course. Okay. Uh, you know, we have a new um, person over at Oblenis who's in charge of Oblenis. Uh, and you've had uh, the, the prior one, uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Seconder. Second yes. Yeah. You might want to try Leanne. I think it's Helber or something. You might want to try her. And she can speak to the issue of how we're full at the hospital because of people not being vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can't have certain kinds of surgeries and so on because, because of this new uh, variant and what have you and... Now, we even have the National Guard assisting at the local hospital. Mm -hmm. I'm making notes here. Okay. Let me see what I can do. And that uh, place uh, down the the way from you, you were talking about with uh, Dr. Gaskell, that urgent care that's planned. For Marietta Memorial. Yes. Yes. I think you had mentioned you thought it was Holzer, but good. You know it's the Marietta. No. is I, I would not have said Holzer. Holzer has one already. No, yeah. But that's what you said. So uh, I just want you to know that you know they're getting pretty uh, deeply rooted now here, the Marietta facilities, and uh, bringing in specialists. And any any organization that can bring in specialists, I think that's good for the area because some some folks can't travel or um, get people to help them travel. So any any specialists that we can get here is good, like a pulmonologist we have here in the area now. And that's good for all the folks out there in your listening area who have lung disorders. Well, thank you so much. Have a good day, both you of bet. you. You bet. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 970 WATH. Uh, Scott, you, you were looking through some things. What uh, caught your eye this morning? Well, before we get to that, um, you know, our caller there just suggested a guest. I, I had a listener suggest a guest to me recently and that was uh to see if we could get your daughter-in-law or ex-daughter-in-law whoever whichever it is i don't know um to see if maybe we could do a phone interview with her 
about maybe the J and J vaccine and debunking. Oh no, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, about debunking any myths, yeah. something like that. Not possible, huh? Okay. Um, I would say unlikely. Um, in spite of her role with that, um, J and J has authorized people you know that are supposed to do those sort of things but um i'll ask i'll ask but okay I, i'm pretty sure i know the answer okay um well it was just a <laughs> suggestion yeah well let's see here um we have um every day i bring in a batch of papers and then we use a lot of them, and then some we think, well, since we didn't use it today, we're never going to get to it. And then there's others that we hang on to, and there's a little stack up here above my right um, shoulder. Yeah, plus we have a commentary from your dad. You know, let's do that. My okay. goodness, I forgot all about it. It's such a new thing we're doing. Uh, let's, let's see. This is uh, 2 minutes and 16. That's going to pretty much fill it up. Okay, um, here's today's daily commentary from years ago from my dad, Fred Palmer. Friends, I knew a Dr. Ernest P. Charrington who was educational director of the old Anta Saloon League located in Westerville, Ohio. He told me in 1923 that he was ready to start a national education campaign on temperance, not prohibition, but the temperate use of alcohol. Then came the sudden rise in power of Wayne B. Wheeler, the most powerful lobbyist our country has ever known. His power became so great that he could make or break presidents. With such power, it was prohibition, not temperance. The educational campaign of temperance or moderation was forgotten. Prohibition didn't work, and we still have the same old problem of using alcohol in moderation or temperately. Today, we have an alarming number of people, men, women, and the young people, who are alcoholics. It is a major problem with our national, state, and community leaders. Have we learned anything at all about moderation? There is a fad of using LSD in order to get a high and hallucinate. Since it felt good, the fad leaped to marijuana. The heck with moderation, shoot the works. So heroin gave a bigger jolt. Well, then let's go for broke with cocaine. But faster and cheaper and more deadly was crack. This is the life. Now tell me, friends, where is temperance or moderation? We're in trouble today with alcoholism and deadly drugs. England started importing opium into China. It became a national tragedy. England even fought the opium war in the early 1900s so as to keep on selling opium to China. China tried to stop it, but failed to do so until communism under Mao Zedong brutally put a stop to it. I think one of the greatest sentences in the Bible is, do all things in moderation. Until we can be moderate with the use of alcohol, we will have millions of alcoholics. One thing puzzles me. How can you be moderate with drugs such as crack? With power goes responsibility. And if you are responsible, you must at all times be temperate or practice moderation. Just thought you'd like to know. Ah, yes. Just thought you'd like to know. Let me turn you on. What? And now we know. Yeah. And uh, incidentally, the book that Ralph Izzard and... Um, oh, shucks. Who was the other lady? Um, anyway, that they published uh, through the Script School Journalism of his commentaries. Uh, is available at our Athens History Center. They have other books for sale there, too. It's really nice. We're out of time here. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. Athens. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. The number of kids with COVID has almost tripled since the start of December, and parents in Los Angeles are worried about the first day of class after winter break. 
This mom is keeping her son home today. So he tested negative December 31st, but then yesterday he started having symptoms and I did a home test and he tested positive last night. Children in Chicago return to school tomorrow after teachers and city officials settled their differences over COVID safety. At last count, more than 142,000 people were hospitalized in the U.S. with COVID. Many others are trying to jam into ERs for testing. Dr. David Otenbaker at SSM Health in Wisconsin says that's the last place they should look. People who go there thinking they're having a medical emergency, like are, you, are am I having a stroke? Do I think I'm having a heart attack? Right, Those types of things are where we really want our ERs to be appropriately used. The WHO predicts over half of Europe could be infected in the next two months, and the British Prime Minister is facing backlash for breaking his own COVID rules. Talk about bad optics. A cocktail party for 30 on the lawn outside Boris Johnson's office when Britain was in lockdown and all outdoor gatherings were banned. Outrage from the opposition Labour Party. I think he should go. I think he's lost the confidence of the British public. And from some fellow conservatives. 